Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. After the Son of Man ascended, there were numerous deceivers claiming to be him, but they weren't, and they deceived many. There were deceivers in the Old Testament proclaiming they were prophets from the only true God. However, after God revealed their deceptive nature, they were put to death. Jesus warned us in the Sermon on the Mount to watch out for false prophets. The devil's lies are so deceptive, they look and sound like the truth, but they are lies because even the devil knows the truth of God, and you better believe the devil's disciples know the truth of God as well. When God the Holy Spirit dwells in his disciples and God's truths are on the tablet of their heart, God gives discernment to distinguish the truth from the lies of the devil. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship, the Way of Life. How deceptive is deception? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 24, 24, false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. It's a scary thought to think you could be chosen by God, be a disciple of Jesus, living out his commands and truths, and the false works, signs, and wonders of the devil are so powerful and so deceptive that there's a potential that his deceptiveness could possibly mislead you, that is, if you are a disciple of Jesus. What does God's word infer for all those who are not disciples of Jesus? Because God is saying, if possible, his disciples. Then that has to mean all non-disciples of Jesus are being misled. Is that not a terrifying thought or what? But why would it be so frightening? Because if you did believe these false Christs and prophets, you would have no idea you were being misled because what they are preaching appears to be true. But without being grounded in God's word and spiritual discernment from God, and you're relying totally on them, not giving any consideration to becoming a disciple yourself and learning and studying God's word, you would have every intention on spending eternity with God, only to hear the three dreaded words from God, depart from me. Second, you would have to be the elect. Because if you're not grounded in the truth of God, remember what Jesus said in John 14, 6, the truth? Well, Jesus is the truth. In other words, you as a disciple of Jesus must be grounded in him to not be carried away with the deceptive schemes of the devil and his disciples. Because if your life is not built on the rock, which... Jesus' teachings, his commands, his promises, and his truths, all throughout his word, then it must be on sand, which are deception and lies from the devil. And you should know what God says is going to happen to all the houses built on sand. There's no gray area. Your house is either built on the rock or built on sand. Here's the truth. There are only truth or lies. No partial truths or no partial lies. There's no gray area. Just like there are only two kinds of people walking on this planet. The truth, 1 John 3.10. By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness 
is not of God. Do you hear what God is saying? God says anyone, not someone, that's any person who does not practice righteousness is not from God. Regardless, if there is practice of unrighteousness, who are they from if they're not from God? Now, do you believe God or not? Do you believe there are others on this planet? Because if there were any more than these two kinds of spirits, God would tell you, wouldn't he? No, the deception is this. No, there are many people on this planet. You're spewing hatred and being very judgmental. Well, yes, that would be true with regard to the many people on the planet. Not the hatred and the judgmental. I'm just repeating what God said. But if you did stay focused on the many kinds of people, that's the physical realm. But it's the spiritual realm that God is talking about. And my fellow disciples, that's well below the surface of the skin pigmentation, race, religion, and gender. Believe that. It's either righteousness and righteous living or unrighteousness and unrighteous living. It's living by God's commands or the devil's directives. It's truth or lies, light or dark, obedient or disobedient, faithful or unfaithful. You tell me where the gray area is with these truths of God. Dead or alive, blind or see, cripple or walk, sheep or goat, saved or lost. Do you see any area where one could stand between those truths? You're being deceived to believe you can stagger about in the middle of the aisle, that is, until you decide to sit on one side or the other. So as I was meditating on this no gray area regarding the truth of God, God interrupted my meditation and said this, Do not be deceived. Don't you know that there is a great chasm fixed between the kingdom of God and hell? And there is not one soul standing on it trying to decide what side they really want to be on. No, you are either in the kingdom or in hell. Now, as a disciple of Jesus, who do you know that thinks they can be in the middle of the aisle and therefore are safe? not realizing that it's really not safe at all, since there is no gray area, middle ground, if you will, with God. So if God is saying you cannot stand on the great chasm, and you can't stand in no such thing as a gray area, well, that would be my takeaway from what God said regarding the chasm. Who do you know that professes to be a Christian, yet their life is deficient of the fruits of the Spirit that God says must be evident in their life if their proclamation is true? Yet the evidence, for my DEA friend, you see and recognize the deeds of the flesh compared to the fruits of the Spirit. You see actions that are devilish compared to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What are you, as a disciple of Jesus, doing with those God placed in your life? 
And believe me, I had to take a deep breath on that myself, my fellow disciples. Believe that. And I pray that God will give me the opportunity and open the hearts of those that need to hear what I have to say that would be God's truth. Believe that. But can you look in the mirror with honesty, using God's word as your guide, and live out 2 Corinthians 13.5 in your own life? Because that's critically important as a disciple of Jesus. Believe that, or God would not have told us to do it. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? So, I would have to say, an honest approach to the self-assessment test would be pass or fail. Is there a gray area that I don't know about that's between passing and failing? You must be very careful not to lie to yourself. Because if you lied to yourself about yourself, who are you connecting with? Who are you going to believe if you can't believe yourself? Because the truth is, you will either believe God and call Satan a liar, or you will believe Satan and call God a liar. No gray area. You'll believe one or the other. But why should you believe either of them? Well, you should believe God because he is the truth. He gives you a new heart. He puts his spirit in you and he grants eternal life in and through his son, Jesus Christ. Or you can believe Satan because he's a liar and he will deceive you to believe the lie that you can have greatness now and surely something eternal is waiting for you. Except he fails to use the word life when he alludes to the word eternal. Can you see how easy deceptive language can be misleading? If you don't know about the teller, how will you know what they're telling you is the truth? So, Let's look at the first great deception, and then we'll talk about the great deception today. You must believe the only pure, unadulterated truth is from the only true God. And the use of God's word doesn't necessarily confirm one is a disciple of Jesus, nor does the command of God's word reveal the motives and intentions of one's heart. I mean, after all, as I said, even the devil knows God's word. And... He has a command of it, and by the way, he uses it in the right context as well. But to confirm the truth of this statement, even the devil knows God's word, listen to what God says in Matthew 4, 5, and 6. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So the devil says to Jesus, for it is written. That would confirm he knows God's word, and he did use it in the right context. Who do you think the devil is referencing when he said, it is written? 
with all due respect to the instrument, I do not believe that the devil, when he was in his one-on-one with Jesus, the devil was referencing David and what David had written. He knows the author is God, and the devil was referencing God and what God has written. And Brother David was just God's pen. Amen? Therefore, let us not be so hasty to recognize humanity and pat humanity on the back or give them a roar of applause for God's work of salvation in humanity. But let the roar be to the glory of God for his work in and through his creation. Amen? You see, the deception is to give man the glory that God truly deserves for his work. Please understand, pride demands attention, but God commands humility. Let me say that again. Pride demands attention, but God commands humility. So cogitate on this. There was deception in the Old Testament, and there's deception in the New. And you know, God is amazing how his word applied then and how the Old Testament applies in these New Testament times. Don't you ever believe the deception and lies that God's living eternal word does not apply to every spot and to every person on the linear line of time, be it from the old through the new and forever. That's God's Isaiah 40 verse 8 in the here and now. So in the Old Testament, the deceiver told the deceived she could be like God. Now God said this about the deceiver. The serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. That's your Genesis 3.1. So you need to see the craftiness of the serpent as sneaky, devious, deceitful, shrewd, and a very powerful schemer. Now, don't you think for one moment he's dead and not alive today. But if you're a student of God's word, you would know that already. The deviousness of the devil is to make you believe he's not alive or doesn't exist. So you will be drawn into his devious, deceitful, shrewd schemes. Believe that. So listen to this scheme. It's Genesis 3, 5. For God knows in a day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You hear it? You will be like God. Now, the deception was very deceptive. Eve was deceived to believe that she was going to be like God. Yet, in the carrying out of her act of disobedience to God's command, she was like the devil more than she was like God, because God is faithful, and Eve in her defiance was unfaithful. Do you see your sinful acts as defiance to God and his commands? Because of her rebellious sinful nature, the result was unfaithfulness to God, herself, her husband, and of course, all of humanity. You see, the devil prays, and when you are carried away and enticed by your own lust, you can become the devil's next meal. It's your lusting that's the scent that attracts the devil into your proximity because you allowed the opening for him to enter. And once he picks up your scent, because he is prowling around, 
he goes on the attack. And his attack is fierce, multidimensional, and relentless. You must strongly consider it's really you. Oh, I know, it's very easy to blame someone else, and you know that happened too. But let's stay at the heart of this matter. You will be able to see how that sneaky, devious, deceitful, shrewd schemer is at it right out in the open, just like with Eve. It wasn't hidden, like behind the mountain or waterfall or in the fog. No, it was right out in the open. Effective deception can be right out in the open because it gives the illusion of being truth, because it's not in the shadows behind closed doors or ugly and disgusting, because if it was, you would avoid it. No, it's designed to draw you in, not move you away. You must be extremely careful when deception is behind closed doors, in the dimness of the dark corner, or lurking in the shadows of the night. So how is the devil's scheme of deception being carried out today? Well, I tell you the truth, it's be with God. If you were really looking at this truth of these two deceptions, there is one similarity if you're looking at it spiritually. Consider this, you have, you will be like God. And today it's you will be be with God. But take the like and the with out, and what you're left with is be God. That's the deception. You can be God because you choose what you're going to do. You decide what parts of the word of God you will follow and what you will ignore. You decide when you will accept God's offer of salvation. You decide what's right for you. You select your mate based on your own desires and not God's will and plan for your life. You decide when salvation begins. You make the decision to give your heart or life to God. You make up your mind when you will honor God's commands. You determine when you will spend eternity with God because the message is all you have to do is and you will be with God. You know, you expect God to be faithful to his word, but you don't have to. You think you deem the time for God to respond. And when he does not respond to the when and how you want him to, then you can be angry with God because God is wrong and your anger is justified based on what you think is right. You have power and control. Therefore, you can allow or stop the omnipotent, eternal God. You don't live under his sovereignty because right now you're not acknowledging his authority over all of his creation. Please understand, no person other than Jesus who walked on this planet will ever be God, ever. And if you're being told that you can be God, you are being deceived, and that's a bold-faced lie. So how is deception happening within our daily lives? When someone is living an unrighteous life, others' lives really don't matter to them. And that's the truth. 
Because if their lives did matter, God's truth would be alive in them and God's love would be flowing through them to others. And they would be responsive to each other. They would be responsive within their relationships. The fruit of the Spirit would be evident in their life with everyone. The evidence of their walk would be grounded in Philippians 2.3. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Cogitate on this. God places you in community with other disciples. And sometimes God leads others to come to your community to learn of him through you. And you go to work of being and making disciples. God expects that community of disciples to respond the same as the example he has given in the Trinity community that he belongs to. And if he dwells in you, then they, with a capital T, would be an active part of your lives as well. Believe that. So, what do they, with a capital T, see in the community that you belong to? Does God see faithfulness or unfaithfulness? Does God see inclusion or exclusion? Does God see sacrifice or selfishness? The goal of the deceiver is to keep you isolated from community that God has placed you in. So you do not experience the fullness that God intends for you and the community to experience in his true biblical community. That would be the presence and work of God in your life to theirs and theirs to yours. But instead, you believe the deceiver. So you stay apart, only connected by association. And that may be like going to church on Sunday and saying hi and things like that and keep various aspects of your life separate from the community. And the interesting thing, you then diminish God's blessing that could come to and through you from God to the community and from God through the community to you. Listen, God testifies to how and what a biblical community must look like and possess. And it doesn't matter if it was in 80 to 110 A.D. or today. Here, look, you'll find it in Acts 2.4. And all, who? All, those who had believed were together. Oh, not separate? No, together. And had all, not some, not most, all things in common. So it sounds like this. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. But what do tell were the all things? Well, a biblical community walks in a manner worthy of their calling with God has called them. They believe it is the work of God that has chosen them to be in that community. They respond in love, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. They are bound in unity with the Spirit of God that is at work within his biblical community because there is only one body of Christ and it's by God's Spirit giving his disciples one faith and in response to God's love they all proclaim him 
because he is the one who transferred them from the domain of darkness into his marvelous light. So, you can continue to believe the deceptor, or you can believe God. You're going to believe one or the other. And if you believe the deceptor, excuse me, if you believe the deceptor, you will continue to avoid biblical community. But that means you are exposing yourself to the prowler, who, by the way, is sniffing around about for a scent. So you wonder why God performed those amazing acts within his people back then? And it seems as though he stopped? Well, if you're a student of God's word, you would know Hebrews 13.8. He hasn't changed. He's still at work. But maybe you have changed. Because you're allowing the confusion, disorder, unfaithfulness, chaos that is created by the sneaky, devious, deceitful, shrewd schemer attempting to steal, kill, and destroy the fullness of life that God has purposed to all of his disciples. So as we head back up, take this with you. Believe God. Believe who he says he is. Believe what he says he's done, is doing, and will be doing. The devil's a liar. Jesus said in John 8:44, you are of your father the devil and you want to do the desires of your father he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him whenever he speaks a lie he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies there are only two kinds of people walking on this planet children of God and children of the devil. God just proved that fact in John 8, 44, when he was talking to the scribes and Pharisees, and his, in other words, are, you are children of the devil. Keep your heart in the faith atmosphere. Keep God's word filling your heart, and it will saturate your mind. And you know the amazing thing? You will begin living it out. Resist the devil, and he's got to flee, because God commanded him to flee. Believe that. Eternal life is only found in Jesus. There are no gray areas with God ever. The more you live in the truth, the more deception you will see. God has set you free, so you can proclaim him as the rock of your salvation. Stop leaving yourself susceptible to the schemer and reconnect with your biblical community or ask God to connect you to a biblical excuse me to a biblical community so you can grow in being and making disciples. Amen. Let me pray for you. Oh. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, you make it apparent that deception has been going on since the creation. And 
in the way we look at it, it appears that it's getting worse, but deception is deception. And it doesn't matter the extent of it. It's deception. So I'm asking that you give us the courage to address by using your truth those who are living an unrighteous life. Open their heart to receive the truth of your word. Give them a heart of receptiveness to your teaching, your truth, your word, your life. Empower us so that we can live out the will of the Father. Help us to see the deception. Help us to hear the deception. Help us to know the deception so that when we see it, hear it, or know it, and we just come to you. Your word says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and is safe. We're thankful for the safety that we can find in you. As we now proceed on, let us be reminded that just because one has a command of your word, and we know that the devil does too, help us to see the truth, and then once we do, lead us to a place where the truth will come to us so that we can continue to grow in understanding and the knowledge of who you are and the love that you have for us. We thank you for today. We thank you for listening. We thank you and are so grateful, so, so grateful for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.